The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A father of three, three beautiful little boys, loving husband, drops dead. Found in his own bed, in his own home. When his wife comes back into the room, he's cold to the touch. What happened? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. First of all, take a listen to our friends at KU TV. This is the home where police found Eric Richens dead on his bedroom floor in March. Richens and his wife, Corey, were celebrating a business accomplishment the night he died. Corey made Eric a Moscow mule, which he drank in the bedroom. They say Corey told authorities that she left to help one of their children and returned to the bed several hours later. It was then they say she noticed Eric was cold to the touch and called 911. What a horrible event to leave your husband, go fall asleep in the bedroom with one of your sons. She wanders back in there to sleep in their bed around 3 a.m. and her husband is cold to the touch. With me an all-star panel to make sense of what we know right now. But first I want to go to Chief Medical Examiner out of Tarrant County. That's Fort Worth. Lecturer University of Texas Austin and Texas Christian University Medical School Dr. Kendall Crowns. Dr. Crowns, it's, it's such an honor to have you and Dr. Paul Christo with us. Dr. Crowns, my first question to you is how long has a body, how long has a person been dead before their body is cold to the touch? Usually 
once your uh, heart stops beating and uh, your body starts taking on the temperature of the surrounding uh, environment, those can happen in a, probably about a half hour to an hour where you start noticing the body has, has changed temper, temperature or gotten cold. Okay, you know, Dr. Kendall Crowns, I know you're the MD and I'm the JD, but I believe I'm going to seek a second opinion. I'm going to go to Dr. Paul Christo, professor at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, author of Aches and Gains, A Comprehensive Guide to Overcoming Your Pain. Dr. Paul Christo, I thought it would take so much longer for a body to get completely cold to the touch. And I do agree with Dr. Kendall Crowns regarding the ambient air in the room and what difference that would make. But in this case, they were at home with their three little boys. So I'm assuming, I think it's safe to assume, the temperature would have been between 69 and, let's just say, 71. Right. I mean, I would probably say somewhere around, uh, similar to Dr. Crown, probably, you know, 40 minutes to an hour. Dr. Paul Christo, how often do people just die in their sleep? I mean, this is a young man. He was 39 years old at the time of his death. Not very often, suffice it to say. I mean, this is, this is a rare event. It doesn't happen unless you have, you know, maybe some underlying cardiac problems, for example, uh, maybe pulmonary problems. It's very rare just to drop dead in your sleep. You know, Dr. Angela Arnold joining me, psychiatrist, renowned psychiatrist in the Atlanta jurisdiction at AngelaArnoldMD.com. Dr. Angie... Maybe it's just my line of business, but whenever I hear died in your sleep, there's always something bad attached to that. But I guess people really do die in their sleep. Well, they do, Nancy, and, and it's usually older people who die in their sleep. They can suffer an arrhythmia of their heart, and, and those are the people that can die in their sleep. But like you said, Nancy, whenever we hear of a younger person dying in their sleep, there's, there's some curiosity about that. I mean, young people don't have heart issues typically. So young people don't typically die in their sleep. And that's typically what you die from in the, at night. I, I disagree with you, too. All three of you doctors, <laughs> uh, I and my, uh, my vast knowledge of medicine, disagree with all of you because my dad had his first coronary thrombosis at age 39. That's pretty young. And this guy is 39. Well, it is, Nancy, but that's still unusual. It's not, it's not, that's not the norm. That's all I was saying. Okay. All right. Let, let me get us back on track. This guy is actually celebrating. You know, let me let Jen Smith tell you. Jen Smith is joining us, chief investigative reporter for DailyMail.com on this from the very beginning. The unusual death of Eric Richards, just 39 years old, father of three little boys. Jen, thank you for being with us. Explain to me how this whole thing went down because they were having a celebration that evening. From what I understand, the wife, um, Corey Richens, flips houses. She'll buy, she's got a business partner. They buy houses, they improve them, and then they flip them. Like on HGTV, the flip your house. That's what she does. And that evening, they were having some kind of a celebration because she had closed on a home. You tell me, Jen. Yeah, that, that's exactly right, Nancy. But they actually, um, our understanding of it is that they worked pretty closely together, Curie and her husband, Eric. Like you say, exactly the type of business that you just described. They flipped houses. So when Eric came home that evening and his 
wife is at the house with the kids. They're celebrating because he has just closed a deal on a sale of a home. So bringing more money into the family. And listen, this is a picture perfect family. They live in a really nice area, not too far outside of Park City in Utah. The town is called Kamas. Um, really beautiful, rural in the mountains. And they had this great life. They themselves lived in a $1.1 million home. And as you rightly pointed out, Eric had just closed another deal. So it was a happy occasion for the Richens family this evening. Now, let me understand. They're Mormons, correct? They are, yeah. So Eric Richens actually comes from a pretty prominent Mormon family. The Richens family is a large family in at least Summit County. This is the area of Utah that we're talking about. Um, Many, many relatives and very well known in the community. He and Turi had been married for nine years and they had three beautiful boys together when he died. Here's my question. I have several friends that are devout Mormons. They don't even drink chocolate milk, Jen, because chocolate is a stimulant. So these two are having Moscow mules? Yeah. So what we know now is that after he returns home from closing this deal, as a celebration, Curie, his wife, makes him a Moscow mule, the vodka-based cocktail. Um, and that is where they kind of leave things for the night. Like you say, she goes off. To get with the son who is having a nightmare, sleeps in the room with the son having a nightmare. Yeah. And she leaves him sitting up in bed having his drink, TV going, everything's fine. So this mom, devastated finding her husband cold in the bed and having all sorts of survivor guilt. Why did I leave him? I'm alive. He's dead. That she and her children get together and they actually write a book called, Are You With Me? Because it's not like, are you with me? Like, do you understand? It's literally, are you with me, dad? Are you still with me? Because her three little boys were having such a horrible time dealing with their father's sudden death. She writes the book and she's on local TV promoting it. And I want you to hear her words devastated after her husband's death. Take a listen to our cut eight. My husband passed away unexpectedly last year. So it's March 4th was a one year anniversary for us. And um, he was 39. It completely took us all by shock Um, and we have three little boys 10 9 and 6 and um, you know we kind of my kids and I kind of wrote this book on the different emotions and grieving processes that we've experienced last year and you know hoping that it can kind of help other kids you know um, deal with this and kind of you know find happiness some some way or another and let's hear a little bit more of Corey Richens on Good Things Utah, that's on KTVX, describing what she and her children had endured, our cut nine. I'm new to all of this, so kind of doing all, you know, research and reading books and things to try and understand, you know, not only how to grieve as a widow, as a, as a wife, but also, you know, with my kids, how to help them, how to help them understand what just happened. And um, what I have kind of found is, as I mentioned, it's kind of the three C's is how I has visualize it. And it's, you know, um, connection, continuity and care. 
and it's you know making sure connection is the one major one and making sure that their spirit is always alive in your home you know and memories are always brought up and doing things that your loved ones love to do whether it's riding bikes or their favorite dinner and just constantly you know talking about them i'm just thinking about how children cope with the death of a dad and um doing things that remind you of your loved one uh to dr angie arnold i know every year on my dad's birthday every night after dinner because my dad and mom had largely moved in with us spending a lot of times with us because you know the children were so little just as he passed away and every night after supper i would make him a cup of decaf so every year on his birthday or really throughout the year I will send my sister a picture, uh, you know, like on a text, of a cup of decaf just steaming. Because we both know what that means. And I'm just wondering what you as a parent can do to help your children and how excruciating. I mean, I was an adult when my father passed away, but these are little, little boys. Well, and Nancy, it's important for all of us to remember that each child will will remember this differently according to how old they are. Each child is going to have a different experience of this grief. So it's very important to to work with each child where they are when this happens and not gloss it over as if everyone's experiencing the same kind of grief. Depending how young some of the children are, they may not have the words to express how they feel about the fact that their father is gone. The older ones have had more time with their dad, and they're going to have different memories with their dad. So it's very important to help the children remember right. the things that they remember according to what their ages were when the when the parent passed away. And this is how they came up with the name of the book, Are You With Me? in Our Cut 11 the first day of school and you know all the nerves that kids face on the first day of school with new you know and just hoping you know dad like walk with me like help me get through today like give me the strength to do that um and it has found you know a, it's been a lot of peace for my kids to you know to really remember that in the back of their head that they're never alone Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Fox Nation and its brand new series, Scampreneur. Hey, do you love a good con artist story? Then you need to check out the new Fox Nation series, Scampreneur. This series takes a deep dive into the outrageous lies and elaborate scams pulled off by three master manipulators, Elizabeth Holmes, Carrie Farrell, and Anthony Gignuck. In episode one, meet the Silicon Valley swindler, Elizabeth Holmes, who cons the world and wealthy investors into her wishful thinking. Will she pay the price for her crimes? Episode two, learn about the hipster grifter, Carrie Farrell, who scammed her own family and friends out of thousands, but the police had a plan of their own. Episode three, learn about the fake Saudi prince, Anthony Gignuck, who spent Two decades committing low-level grifts, but his next get-rich-quick scam turns out to be his biggest mistake. Through interviews with investigators, victims, and whistleblowers, Scampreneur reveals how these con artists were captured and punished for their crimes. 
Don't miss this incredible series, Scampreneur, streaming now on Fox Nation. Thanks, Fox Nation, for being our partner. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. You know, I want to go back to Dr. Kendall Crowns, Chief Medical Examiner, Tarrant County. Dr. Crowns, I remember as a girl, my dad had his first coronary thrombosis at home. And my mom, you know, screaming. And I could hear a slapping sound. She was trying to, or that's what I thought it was. And it was her trying to give him CPR to keep him alive. The... I'm just thinking about these three little boys in that home when mom is doing CPR on Eric Richens, who is dead in the bedroom, already cold to the touch. And I guess once you're cold to the touch, there's no bringing you back. Would you agree with that, Dr. Crowns? Yes, I would agree with that. Once you've gotten cold, you're probably past the time period where you can be saved. So, Dr. Kendall Crowns, it is unusual for a 39-year-old man to just die in his sleep. Uh, so what would the medical examiner do in order to determine cause of death? Well, what you do is a complete autopsy. Uh, 39-year-olds usually don't die suddenly like that. There's usually something else going on. 
So by doing a complete autopsy, you would check all the organs for any disease processes, coronary thrombosis, coronary artery disease, uh, different heart abnormalities, etc. And then what you'd also do is draw toxicology to run uh, toxicology screens to see if there any, were any drugs on board, and also do electrolytes or fluids from the eyeball where you could look at his dehydration status, his glucose, to see if he had diabetes or anything like that. To Jen Smith joining us from DailyMail.com, I've taken a long look at what we have of the medical examiner's report. What exactly is the cause of death for Eric Richens? Well, we believe that, according to this report, it's a fatal dose of fentanyl, um, which is a synthetic opioid. Now, you need maybe two milligrams of this stuff to kill you. He had five times that amount in his body, Nancy. Five times the amount of a lethal dose of fentanyl. You know, I introduced to you Dr. Paul Christo earlier. In addition to being an associate prophet, John Hopkins School of Medicine, that's not shabby. He's also an opioid expert. Dr. Christo as I said earlier, this is a devout Mormon family. Again, they don't even drink chocolate milk because they think it's a stimulant. So I've got them drinking Moscow Mules plus fentanyl. What exactly is fentanyl? I know there's an opioid crisis. I know there's a fentanyl crisis. I know people are dying every day of fentanyl overdoses. But could you give us some street names? What is fentanyl and what does it do to you? Well, fentanyl is a, an opioid, first and foremost, and opioids are used as pain relievers. They uh, enter the bloodstream, they bind to various different, what are called opioid receptors in the brain and spinal cord to reduce pain. First and foremost, we use them for many, many years uh, as pain specialists and also in the operating room as anesthesiologists. Uh, but fentanyl is synthetic, so non-synthetic opioids would be like codeine, for example, or morphine. Synthetic means it's just made in the laboratory of a pharmaceutical company, typically. Uh, it can be very useful as a pain reliever. You mean like Walter White, Breaking Bad? Yes. You make it in a lab. Well, they make it in an RV sometimes, but you just make it, you cook it up. <laughs> yes, that's, uh, that's right. You can make it in an RV. You can make it uh, illegally, certainly, yes. And then pharmaceutically, it's legal. Ah, I'm so glad you said that, Dr. Christo, because a further analysis reveals that the fentanyl in Eric's blood was not legal. So apparently, you can tell whether fentanyl is illegal, such as prescribed by a doctor and you go get it at the pharmacy, or illegal. And I guess that goes is traced back to how it's made. That's right. We have more sophisticated methods now of determining whether medications or drugs are legal or illegal and in this case it sounds like it was illegal so bottom line he's not getting it from the walgreens or the cvs or the Dwayne reed he's getting it somewhere else okay uh you know who would know this on this panel let's just go with dr angie arnold do you know what's in a Moscow mule? No, I'm sorry, I don't. Oh, man, I got a surprise. You just surprised me because I could just see you kicked <laughs> back with some of those copper. I bet Bobby Chacon does. Bobby Chacon, former special agent with the FBI, 
and screenwriter for Criminal Minds. You can find him at bobbychacon.com. Bobby, there is no way you don't know what a Moscow Mule is. No, uh, yeah, the basic ingredients are ginger beer and vodka um, or some kind of harder liquor. It's usually served in like a copper cup. Um, it's a very specific drink. Ginger beer, obviously ginger people familiar with ginger has a very strong kind of taste, a very unique kind of taste, almost overpowering if you use too much of it. Um, so yeah, it's a very specific drink. It's become very trendy in recent years. Um, and ginger beer is kind of the, the overwhelming taste that you, you get, that ginger from the ginger beer, which is the main ingredient. To Dr. Paul Christo, joining us, opioid expert, what does, um, what does fentanyl taste like? Fentanyl is usually tasteless usually tasteless. So if I chewed up an oxy, it would taste like nothing? Well, oxy now is different from fentanyl. Okay, that shows how much I know. <laughs> but uh, but yes, probably would taste a bit different. Well, what's the street name for fentanyl? Mm, there really is no street. I mean, it typically goes by fentanyl. Can it be in a tablet? Absolutely. And so if I chew up a fentanyl tablet... I taste nothing. Typically, you're not going to taste anything unless something's been added to the tablet. Interesting. Interesting. Dr. Paul Christo, according to my uh, crack legal analyst, Jackie, there are some street names. Crazy, what did you say? Crazy One. Crazy One. Dance Fever. Dragon's Breath. Dragon's Breath. I've never heard any of that, so I don't know how reliable that is. Can I make a statement? Yes, jump in. So when it first came out, it was called Drop Dead. Because a lot of the uh, people who were injecting fentanyl died so quickly, they left the needle in the in their arm. So the the street name was originally Drop Dead because when you took it, you dropped dead instantly. I think that's kind of fallen out of favor because every every area has regional names for it. Well, I guess that's a little bad for business for dopers. Well, that is bad for business. That's why they started altering. Only you, Kendall Crowns. Only you. Well, you can imagine the shock that reverberates through the community when this goes down. Take a listen to our cut 14 KTBX. We have breaking news at this hour. Local children's book author charged with murder, 33-year-old Corey Richens of Camas, is being held in the Summit County Jail with no bail. Now, she promoted her book on the grief on Good Things Utah. That's the video you're seeing here. This is about a month ago. Court documents today showing the murder happened in March of 2022. An online obituary showing her husband, 39-year-old Eric Richens, died that same month as it turns out according to investigators there had been other previous instances where the wife in this case had tried to murder her husband and i find it extremely interesting and i want to go to jeffrey wolf on this criminal defense attorney high profile criminal criminal defense attorney joining us out of colorado you can find him at wolflawcolorado.com Jeffrey, you know what I love? I love what we call, in my jurisdiction, similar transactions. Typically, as we saw in the Alex Murdoch case, for instance, a person's history of bad acts cannot come in at trial unless and until it is proven that those bad acts are, let's just say, a fingerprint of the case in chief to show motive, course of conduct, scheme, frame of mind. Would you agree with that, Jeffrey Wolf? Yeah, 100%. The rule you're talking about is Rule 404B, which is a federal rule of evidence that is mirrored in almost all 50 states that's going to talk about whether somebody's prior bad acts can come in as evidence 
in the case against them currently. It can't come in to show act and conformity therewith, meaning just because they did something before they did it again, but it can come in for all these other reasons that you're talking about. Plan, motive, scheme, modus operandi, to show who this person is, how they operate, and how that ties them to this event. To Jen, joining us from DailyMail.com. Jen Smith, what can you tell us about prior incidents, including one on Valentine's Day? Just a month, the the month before, Eric drops dead in, in his sleep. Yeah, exactly. So we know about the Valentine's Day incident that you mentioned, Nancy. He, they ate a meal together, and he became very ill afterwards. As a result, he ended up telling friends, I think my wife has poisoned me. Not only is that disturbing, but more so is the fact that this was the second time he thought she had tried to poison him. Once previously, during a vacation with the family, he told his sister that he thought she had tried to poison him. So once, twice, what happens after that? So the first time, we believe, and this is according to him, and I'm going to go back to Jeff Wolf in just a moment about how you can or cannot use the words of someone now dead in court. Because under the Sixth Amendment, everybody on trial has a right to cross-examine witnesses, evidence, documents, tests used against them. And if the person's now dead, you cannot cross-examine them. It's hearsay. So how can you get this information into evidence to show, if you can, that there were prior attempts on Eric's life? The, the first one, Jen Smith, is I believe about three years ago in Greece. Family vacation, as you described, and... They had dinner and drinks together, and he got very, very ill. And that's when he called his sister. Was that when he called his sister? Yeah, we think so. We know that we're not sure exactly when this vacation was, only that it was several years ago, maybe a few years ago, and he confided in his sister. And this is a sister who he continued to confide in, especially about his marital problems with Curry. So that was the first instance. So... I believe it was about three years ago. That was in Greece. Fast forward. He didn't die. (laughs) Fast forward to this past March. Okay, March uh, a year ago. Yeah. That's when he died. The month before on Valentine's Day. What happened, Jen? What happened, Jen Smith? We know that they sat down to have dinner together in their home. And for whatever reason, even though he has this previous suspicion that his wife has tried to poison him at least once before, he sits down with her, he has a meal with her. And again, he becomes incredibly ill. He doesn't die. And we don't really know, even if he went to the hospital, we're just going off of what we've seen in the search warrant that's been released so far. He became very, very ill after that Valentine's Day. And it was so bad he had used an EpiPen and Benadryl and still went unconscious. Guess what? He didn't die again. Dr. Angie Arnold, if I had two brushes with death while David is hovering over me, I would leave. But I've got a feeling this guy, Eric Richens, did not want to believe his wife would try to kill him. Even though he verbalized that, I think she's trying to poison me. I think he didn't want to truly accept it and leave the boys. I completely agree with you, Nancy. And if if you thought that someone was actually trying to kill you, and this is the person that has been called the love of your life, 
then what could she possibly do to your children if you're not there? So you can't abandon your children for your own sake. No, people don't do that. So he was just taking his chances, I guess, scared, probably in some disbelief that she would actually want to kill him. Right. So you might think it, but you're still going to be in disbelief that this woman who you're sleeping with and who you're who you're going on trips with and you're going to the kids baseball games with is actually trying to kill you and who you're practicing your Mormon religion with. How in we call that an incongruent thought. How incongruent could that be to this man? Okay, maybe she's trying to kill me, but but really, is she? Is she? Yeah, I think he just really, he may have said that, but he couldn't truly take it in. You know, another thing I love, Bobby Chacon, as I know you do too, former special agent with the FBI, I love cell phone data. I love it so much. I want you to take a listen to our cut 17, our friend Ariel Harrison. Evidence gathered in the death investigation revealed Corey claimed she was away from her phone that night and it was left on a charger by her bed. Teams, however, gathered evidence the phone was in use during that time and sent messages had been deleted. Additional evidence showed Corey was in contact with a drug dealer in Ogden leading up to Eric's death. The legal document states she received both hydrocodone pills and fentanyl from the dealer, claiming the drugs were intended for a client experiencing back pain. At one point, police say she requested for, quote, the Michael Jackson stuff asking specifically for fentanyl. Information from the autopsy report determined Eric died from an overdose of fentanyl five times the lethal dosage. Wow, that's like drinking from the fire hydrant. That is so much, way too fast. I can't drink it in. Let's just start with uh, Bobby Chacon, the phone evidence, because she says, I wasn't on the phone all night. Uh, I plugged it in in our room, and then I went down the hall to sleep with one of my boys who was having nightmares. I go back at 3 a.m.-ish, and I find him cold to the touch, dead. I immediately perform CPR. But the phone says, and, and help me out, Jen Smith, I believe the phone showed that there had been a lot of texting back and forth during the time where she says the phone was plugged in, not in use, while she was in her son's room. And all those texts were deleted. So what is she doing texting back and forth while her husband is dying and then lying about it? I mean, Jen Smith, are those, is that... Are those facts correct? Those facts are absolutely correct. Now, she obviously thought that she was outsmarting the authorities when she told them that she left her phone plugged in. Maybe she thought that it was the location inside the house wouldn't show. But, yeah, she, there is a record. There's a digital record. We know this. We've spoken about it many times, Nancy. You can't get rid of it. This digital footprint. Yes. Bobby Chacon, we just saw digital evidence basically convict Alex Murdoch and the double murder of his wife and son, Maggie and Paul, Maggie and Paul. So what about this? Had my phone plugged in the whole night, you know, until I find him killed over dead. Yeah, I mean, when you have a case like this where she's the only other person that could have, uh, you know, either rendered aid or caused harm. There's no forced entry. There's no blunt trauma. You, you immediately start to get her story. And for her initial statement, the minute those phone records come back and you realize she lied to you, she has to become suspect number one, because now why would a wife lie about using her phone in the immediate aftermath of finding her husband dead or during the period where she found him dead or shortly before that? So the minute you find out she lied to you about the phone, 
you have to start taking a much harder look at her, who are her associates, look at her phone records harder, who is she being calling, who is she being in contact with. So, so she made, by lying, she made herself suspect number one. If she would have simply come up with a different excuse on why she was texting, maybe she had the phone in bed with her, with the kid, and she was, but, but the minute she lied about that, she has to become suspect one. Right, then the gig is up. Uh, Jeffrey Wolf, high-profile lawyer, joining us out of Colorado at wolflawcolorado.com. I want you to take a listen to another alarming circumstance in our cut three, our friends from crimeonline.com. Valentine's Day 2022. Eric Richens becomes violently ill after suffering an allergic reaction after having dinner with his wife of nine years, Corey. He breaks out in hives, can't breathe, passes out after using his son's EpiPen and taking Benadryl. When Eric wakes up, he calls his business partner, Cody Wright, to let him know what has just happened. Then, without Corey knowing, Eric changes the beneficiary of his will and his power of attorney, replacing his wife, Corey, with his sister. Legal paperwork suggests that Eric believes Corey might kill him for the money, and he wants his children to be financially secure. I mean, Jeffrey Wolf. Many a true word is spoken in jest, says Shakespeare, but truer words were never spoken. He goes, she might try to just kill me for the money. Ha, 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 ha. He's dead. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible, Easy Breathe. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe ventilation system exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. You can get it installed or do-it-yourself kits available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com. Get 20% off today. Thank you, Easy Breathe, for being our partner. 
Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Here you've got her. Uh, this part, um, Jeffrey Wolf. She goes into his life insurance policy where his partner, Cody, is his beneficiary, his business partner. And he, she changes it to make her exclusively the life insurance policy beneficiary. And he's so worried after this Valentine's Day incident where he gets horribly ill, he cracks a joke. Hey, she might kill me for the money. And he changes his will. Uh, I mean, Jeffrey Wolf, that is no joke. No, it certainly is no joke. And what you saw here in this case is you see her attempt to take his business life insurance policy. I have one with my law partner. If something happens to one of us, we want to make sure the business is secure. And so she goes into that policy and attempts to change it so that she gets the money if he dies. And then he has this magic allergic reaction. My wife has a severe allergy that could cause problems for her. One of my employees does. You can bet your bottom dollar if I'm making them food or if I'm buying a meal for them, I'm making sure that those ingredients are not present because those are people I care about who I have a knowledge would be in trouble. What is your wife allergic to, by the way? She's allergic to raw tomatoes. It's a very unique allergy that a lot of restaurants have trouble with. Uh, But you can bet your bottom dollar there's no raw tomatoes in anything I buy her or serve her because I know what would happen, okay? And so the fact that she did that is incredibly concerning, and she did it after attempting to make that change. The company caught it, by the way, and it was changed back. And then when he wakes up from that, he calls his business partner to tell him his suspicions, joking or not, that could be a present sense impression, which is a reason to get hearsay in, at the trial, since you were mentioning hearsay before, wasn't aware I had an evidence test today, but I'm going to pass it. I was ready to pounce on you with the hearsay uh, loophole, but uh, go go ahead. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. My evidence practicum professor from law school would be so proud. And so present sense impression allows those statements of somebody who is not available to be cross-examined to come in, but it's going to require a recency to the event and something to say that they were still under the impression of that event in order to be able to get that statement in. So how quickly he called him after he woke up needing to use an EpiPen and Benadryl is going to matter a great deal. How would you compare present sense impression to excited utterance? Exception. So excited utterance is something that happens right then. You're seeing something and you're saying exactly what you're seeing in that moment. It happens a lot on 911 calls. Like right when you wake up from an overdose of fentanyl? That kind of excited utterance? It could be an excited utterance, but it has you have to be excited, right? So there's not, it's not just that you're saying something that's happening and relaying it as it's mm-hmm. happening. You have to be in an excited state as well, that emotional state. If he called and he's making a joke about it, that could still be a present sense impression to say that yeah. this is something that I have recently seen. You think there's any problem getting these statements in? Honestly, I think that it's going to be a tough road to hoe to get these you know, statements of somebody who's not able. I totally disagree. That's why we have the exceptions to the hearsay rule. 
for situations just like this. It is exactly why we have the the hearsay exceptions. However, in a court and you're doing a criminal trial, the only person who has a right to a fair trial is the criminal defendant and some judges will err on the side of caution. True. Okay. You know what? Let me throw something else at you. Let me throw something else at you. Now, we already know that, uh, you know, let's hear cut five, KSL. Court papers say Corey first bought painkillers from a drug dealer Weeks later, asking for something stronger. She called it some of the Michael Jackson stuff. That was just before Valentine's Day last year. Records say on Valentine's Day, Eric became very ill and believed he had been poisoned and told a friend he thought his wife was trying to poison him. The dealer told police that two weeks later, Corey purchased more fentanyl. Six days later, on March 4th, 2022, Eric was found dead of a fentanyl overdose. Let me get this straight. Jen Smith, chief investigative reporter, DailyMail.com, on the story from the very beginning. So he has the horrible episode in Greece where he calls his sister and says, I swear, I think she's trying to kill me. Ha, ha, ha. Then fast forward to February 2022, Valentine's Day. Another horrible episode after eating and drinking. There's your similar transaction, Jeff Wolf. Always after uh, ingesting food or, or, or drink, beverage with his wife. Always the same MO, modus operandi, method of operation. She puts whatever it is in whatever he is ingesting. So it's Valentine's. They have a dinner and drinks. Bam, he's out again. This time he lives the second time changes his uh, his insurance back, changes his will. And then we find out that prior to the February incident, Valentine's and the March incident, she goes back to the drug dealer and she says, hey, <laughs> I need some more. She buys $900 worth of fentanyl in March. He doesn't die. She goes back to the same dealer and says, hey, give me some more, man. She buys $900 worth more this time he dies. You know, have you ever seen those pictures? If you want to be an artist, you can just paint between the lines and suddenly have this beautiful picture, Jeff Wolf. That's, yeah, I have seen it. And that's what we're looking at here is that the pieces of this just keep coming into focus and throw on top of the fact that these are similar transactions that could go to a modus operandi or a pattern of behavior, but throw into that that a lot of states, my state, Colorado being one of them, have domestic violence allowances for similar transaction 404B evidence as well to show the certain types of behaviors that can occur in a domestic violence relationship as well. And you're going to start seeing all of this stuff like an avalanche coming in against the defense. And it is going to be very, very tough to beat it all back with no matter how big your bat is. Bobby Jacone and Jen Smith, I want you to hear our cut seven, our friends at ABC. A Utah woman who wrote a children's book about coping with grief after the death of her husband last year has now been charged with his murder. Corey Richens was arrested yesterday, accused of poisoning her husband, Eric, with fentanyl. She also faces drug charges. Just last month, Richens appeared on local TV to promote her book about a boy who lost his dad. At the time, she said her husband's unexpected death left her and their three boys reeling. Bobby Chacon, not only do cops believe she murdered him, she then writes a book and tries to sell it on TV and on Amazon? Really? Yeah, I'm not sure. That, I mean, I'm sure the investigators are watching that. I'm not sure it's impacted that much. I mean, they, they probably already had her in their sights. Um, you know, her, her journey to do this uh, kind of brings the next level evil to her. 
Um, but I'm sure that, you know, once they saw the toxicology report, once they got those phone records back, which was all within six, eight, ten weeks of the event of the murder, um, they had her in, in their sights. And it was a matter of finding that drug dealer, getting getting a statement from them um, and, and just tying everything together with the prosecutor and, and putting it all together. Her, her writing the book. I mean, I just I think that impacts her reputation in the community more. Uh, than than this actual case because everything was put together. Well, that's going to hurt her a whole lot more than murdering her husband, Doctor Angie Arnold. Will you help me out, please? I mean, to murder your husband and then write a book about how much your children are suffering, what they're going through. We had one child that was already having nightmares, according to her, but. Doing that, not just to your husband, but to your children, and then trying to profit off of it with a book. Nancy, I think it shows that she has a complete lack of attachment to her husband. I certainly hope you're not about to say she- Lots of people do not develop attachment. There's something called attachment theory, okay? So I believe that she lacks attachment to the people in her life, and that is what... It doesn't mean you're insane. No. But she doesn't have any attachment. How do you kill your husband? So to me, that's the worst thing that she's done. So anything after that, okay. For me, Dr. Angie Arnold, she can take her lack of attachment capability and ride that broomstick straight to hell. We wait as justice unfolds. Goodbye, friend. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 